Welcome to our podcast series, The New World of Life Science. Life science companies are facing unprecedented change, which is significantly impacting their existing business model. In this podcast series, we will discuss key trends and their implications for life science industry and imperatives for business model innovation. My name is Arne Butmann. I'm a partner at Oxygy, leading our business in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. I have more than 20 years of experience in helping clients in the pharma and medical device industry improve the way they work and reimagine their business model. With me today is Will Nyhan. Will, thank you for being our guest. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Arnie. Thank you for having me. Like you, I also have 20 plus years of experience in creating new business models and driving change globally for financial services and consumer companies. My main focus has been identifying opportunities to drive growth, slash costs, and create better customer experiences. In my last role at Prudential, I was leading the development of innovation strategies and new customer value propositions that would help engage our customers and create opportunities to offer new products and services. Very cool. Thank you. It's great to have you on this show today and get an outside the industry perspective on business models in life insurances. Yeah, so in our previous episodes, we talked about six imperatives for business model innovation in pharma. We spoke about number one, strong ability to demonstrate value. Number two, patient and stakeholder centricity. Number three, digitalization. Number four, collaborations and partnerships. Number five, having a culture of learning and innovation. And number six, regulatory compliance. Do you see similar trends in life insurance? Yes, definitely. I think all six really strongly align to the innovation and transformation we see taking place in the life insurance industry and the insurance industry in general. I think, you know, like you see patient centricity in, in pharma, you're also seeing the same thing happening in life insurance where we're seeing more empowered customers. Traditionally, insurance has been really hard to buy, complex and slow, and customers want easy, simple and fast. We've also seen a shift in the sales model. In the past, insurance was always done face-to-face -face, or you could buy it over the counter at a bank or through a broker. We're now seeing the power shifting to the customers in terms of the choices they have of where they want to buy, who they want to buy from, but not only that, making much more informed decisions about what they want to buy. They want complete solutions. Insurance products are not enough, and they're willing to trade personal data for personalization and convenience. The other trend we are seeing is advances in healthcare and health technology. More people are living longer and in better health. We're seeing people being able to understand their health risks on an individual basis. We're now seeing people doing personalized DNA testing to understand some of their health risks and to understand what kind of treatments and diseases and other things that they have to look out for. We're also seeing the ability to ensure people who were previously uninsurable. In the past, if you had AIDS or diabetes or cancers, there was no way that you were going to be able to get life insurance. But today, with advances in healthcare turning these critical illnesses into chronic diseases, people can manage these diseases and life insurance companies are willing to offer them life insurance. Traditionally, buying insurance would require you to submit to a blood exam, to get fluids, 
or to get other information, which was typically where we would lose a lot of prospects in the buying process. These days with wearables, medical te telemetry and other tools, we're able to capture this prospect and customer data and really make it easier for them to buy. The other thing we're seeing is that people living longer means they're outliving their financial resources, which is forcing them to make trade-offs between retirement and health. We're seeing people who are, you know, could spend a lot of money on very expensive medical care that'll prolong their lives, but at the risk of bankrupting themselves and giving them a poor quality of life in retirement. And this really increases the complexity of customer decision-making. Do I spend my money on healthcare and then maybe live a poor lifestyle? Or do I spend less on healthcare, potentially living in poorer health and, not enjoy, and enjoy a better lifestyle? So we're seeing this trade-off that customers are being forced to make and therefore a need for analysis and expert advice. The other thing we're seeing is data and artificial intelligence. In the past, insurance companies were like this black box. They had this magical data that nobody else had, and they would price and offer their products based on this historical data. This was all done through actuarial tables that you know, were then priced out by the company, periodically revised, and then new products would be offered. What we're seeing now is a change. The age of the actuary is changing, and we're now seeing the rise of the age of the data scientists. Insurance companies need to leverage their actuarial and underwriting strengths and turn these skills into data analytics and customer behavior. We're seeing a proliferation of data sources, which is really providing so much extra information that helps companies analyze risk in a much better way. This is revolutionizing underwriting. We are making much more informed decisions than ever before. The other thing we're seeing is a movement from predictive to prescriptive analytics where customer behavior is the key driver. In the past, we would always price our products based on history, but now we're actually pricing our products and we're making these products dynamic based on our ability to drive customer behavior and have them act in different ways that improve risk. So this is a huge, huge driver of change in the industry. The fourth trend we are seeing is around digitalization. One of the biggest barriers we've seen in the insurance industry is legacy systems. These are old systems that date back 40, 50 years, 60 years in some cases, and these are critical to the administration of policies in our companies. And these have been a huge barrier to growth. We just have not been able to add new products, new services, and things like that. But these days, with the rise of APIs and the cloud, we are now seeing a new freedom from these legacy systems that is enabling companies to innovate and grow in ways that weren't possible before. These new digital platforms that are coming into the market enable us to offer new products quickly and efficiently, but also the ability to target middle market and mass markets in a cost-effective way. In the past, insurance companies just really couldn't afford to go into these mass market things because the distribution was too expensive and the cost was too high. But now with digital platforms, we can offer insurance products to people over their mobile phones and collect payments that way. So the real cost of entry has really come down a lot. Conversely, though, digitalization has created lower barriers to entry. We are seeing a lot of new competitors entering into the market, the rise of the insure tech, the fintech industry. These are having a dramatic impact on the industry where we're seeing people who traditionally weren't involved in insurance at all coming in with technology and data plays. And of course, like many other industries, we fear the big people, the Googles of the world, the Amazons, others coming into the market and threatening what has traditionally been a very closed and regulated industry. As I just touched on in the digitalization section, the other trend we're seeing is around product. We're now seeing product switching to almost a usage-based level where we're charging by the usage as opposed to 
selling the product once and that's the product that you get for the rest of your lifetime. You're seeing this probably the most in auto insurance where people are being charged by the way they drive or how many kilometers they drive in their daily commute to work and how they drive. Are they driving quickly? Are they driving slowly? We're seeing that kind of dynamic nature of product. We're also seeing that dynamic nature coming to life insurance where people are being charged based on their health, both at the time the product is sold, but over time as years go by as well. So this modular, dynamic, personalized solution is really becoming prominent in the industry right now. The other area, we've seen a lot of changes around regulation. Like many other industries, regulation and in life insurance and insurance is really not keeping up with the technology and the medical and the data advancements that we're seeing. I mean, new data is coming into the market, privacy concerns are an issue, all these new things are happening, but the regulations are slow to react to it. And these are creating barriers to testing. I mean, these days you can actually test a new product without actually launching the product. In the old days, you would have to file it with the regulator and go through months of paperwork before you would be able to try a new product. These days, I can put it on the internet, see if people are interested to buy, see what types of people are buying, and virtually test the product without actually creating a product itself. So this is really creating a lot of opportunities for insurers, but regulators are not keeping up with this. So that's really interesting, Will. Um, thanks for sharing and summarizing these trends. I'm sure that our listeners from the medical and pharma industry will, will recognize a lot of parallels. I mean, what I see is what you said is the, the, the strong need for showing value, but also in combination with, with really empowered customers, consumers, or patients. Surely digital to, to drive out costs and enable access to new markets or previously non-profitable markets. Life sciences and life insurances, both tightly regulated industry. Privacy is a huge issue for both. And then, as you said, finally, new non-traditional competitors that are entering the market and, you know, in the best case, encourage for new partnerships, but also um, in the worst case are, are real threats to, to established players. What, would you say that life insurances is ahead of pharma to address these trends? I think they are, Arnie. I think insurance is definitely ahead of pharma when it comes to these trends. Well, insurance is a highly regulated industry. I think pharmaceuticals and life sciences is an even more difficult business. I mean, you have years that go into product development there, whereas in insurance, we can turn around a product a little more quickly. So I think the lower barriers of entry, the higher competition, the shrinking margins, the proliferation of buying choices, and the entry of insurtech and fintech competitors into life insurance is forcing us to innovate more rapidly or lose our customers. What's happening with COVID-19 is only going to accelerate the pace of change. But one thing that I think is quite similar is the threat to our purpose and mission. I mean, both pharma and life sciences and life insurances are dedicated to trying to improve people's financial and health outcomes. And I think we're seeing similar challenges that are going to affect both of our industries. The rising cost of healthcare and living longer You know, from a pharmaceutical and life science perspective, you know, that needs money to pay for those things. And, and a lot of that comes from the savings that are generated through life insurance and, and financial products. So if you cannot protect your health because you have no money to pay for it because of rising health care costs, that threatens your financial well-being. So I actually, I think there's a lot of commonality in the challenge that we must face together to both better the outcomes of our customers. I think both industries must innovate to survive to be relevant, to grow, and will require non-traditional partnerships, potentially even a partnership between life insurance 
health and, and pharma to meet the needs of our customers and create a closer engagement with our customers. Just as insurance is moving from product to customer outcomes, I think pharma and healthcare is moving from sick care to healthcare. How do you not just treat somebody as sick, but how do you prevent them from getting sick in the first place? And I think just like life insurance, you'll need to drive customer behavior to reduce the cost of healthcare and to drive better patient outcomes. This could really give rise to some interesting partnerships. I think we're going to see potentially public and private partnerships working together and creating these ecosystems to really drive better outcomes for, for patients and customers. You know, governments have to manage rising costs. Health companies, financial companies also must manage costs and try to deliver good health, but financial well-being too. So how do we work together to manage these costs, deliver quality health care, and drive the customer behavior to ensure that there's a great customer outcome uh, in the end. So the collaboration and partnership, that's, that's a very interesting topic. And I know that at Prudential, you, you led the development of this total wellness strategy, um, which basically resulted in an ecosystem that, that offered very personalized wellness solutions. Can, can you tell more about this example? We came up with a new strategy we called Total Wellness, which was a new value proposition, but also a growth strategy for the company. The opportunity we saw was the ability to help customers manage their lifestyle, longevity, and healthcare, and how to maximize each of these three elements to ensure the best possible outcome for the customer. We felt with advancements with healthcare technology, we would be able to actually estimate a customer's lifetime health needs and their financial needs based on data and develop a customized solution that would identify the healthcare they need, find treatment options, but also find the means to pay for this healthcare and protect their financial future. But clearly, we're in the insurance industry, so we felt we needed partners to deliver complete solutions to our customers. Customers didn't want to just buy financial products and then go somewhere else for a healthcare product. They wanted somebody to help them orchestrate this and bring a complete solution for them. So these partners in the ecosystem would be both a source to engage customers, but also a way to gather data from customers. And using this data, we would constantly analyze it, create new solutions, and give these back to the customers to make sure that things were being optimized based on their particular situation at this point in time. Now, if we could predict the health and financial future of our customers, the one thing that we needed to manage was customer behavior. If we knew a customer's health risks or financial risks, but we couldn't drive the customer to actually achieve the best things, to get them off the couch, to make them exercise, to take their medications, we wouldn't be able to achieve the best possible outcome. So the critical part of this was driving customer behavior to make them take action so that we could help them achieve the best outcome possible. So we brought in a partner called Vitality to help drive customer behavior and the overall wellness for our customers. Vitality specializes in using wearables and devices to gather customer data so we're aware of the customer's current situation and using reward programs to drive customer behavior to positive outcomes. So using Vitality to drive the activity, Prudential would provide the financial solutions. We brought in health insurance to help manage the health aspect of it, but we also brought in healthy living partners, things like gyms, healthy food providers and others to make sure that the customers were getting access to all of the elements they needed to live the best life possible. 
the idea here was to actually move beyond just being a product provider to the customers, but actually be a customer advocate, somebody who works with them and for them to achieve the best possible outcome. Very impressive example, Will. I, I really like um, how it illustrates the need to collaborate across different players to create almost like a one-stop shop or you call it like an ecosystem for, for consumers, for customers. And at the same time, also together provides much more than a product, as you said, and, and, and really a solution or a set of solutions for true needs. Thank you for being on the show um, with us, Will. Thanks for this insightful conversation. And um, yeah, this concludes today's episode of our podcast. In the upcoming episodes, we will continue to talk to our clients and our colleagues in our network and hear more perspectives and experience about the new world of life sciences. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tune in for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.